Welcome to Eclipse, a Dungeons & Dragons sci-fi fantasy thriller. I'm Jeremy Fair, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be the Dungeon Master. My name is Megan Kelleher, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Ava Elgin, whose pronouns are also she, her. I'm Cage, I'll be playing Soul Red Bluthammer, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Danny. I'll be playing Whiskey, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Rob. I'll be playing Info-O-Scott, and our pronouns are he, they. I'm Adam DeWeese, I go by he, him, and I'll be playing Dr. Shepard, who goes by they, them. Last time on Eclipse, you all returned back to the Lord's Armada base on the moon. You debriefed and made up a couple lies and withheld a little bit of information, but you managed to satisfy the Lord's Armada soldier that was interviewing you all upon return about your mission. You teleported down to the surface level and got to go to Waterdeep, the City of Splendors. And there you all just kind of took a moment to relax recoup, restock, and you all purchased some new magical items and now a couple days later you've had time to rest and recover. You've been asked back to the Lord's Armada base um, to be briefed on a new mission when you all get to the teleporter room back on the Lord's Armada base Exiting this room is much, much more quick than when you entered. Nobody asked you any questions. You're able to walk right through the little turnstile and head towards the, basically the bay where all the ships are parked. But right before that, there are multiple rooms where you can, you know, talk to people, do research and, and be briefed about your mission. And you might not be surprised to see Captain Burke is standing there in the hallway waiting for you all. Um, you all are arriving right at the time that you were requested to show up. And he's going to go, hey, y'all feeling relaxed and ready to go on another mission? Yeah, sure. Why not? Solar just nods her head and is like, ready, Captain. Where to? <laughs> you see, I figured it'd be better if we kept you all a little busy so you're not so distracted by the passing of your friends. And to be quite honest, I trust all of you now with my life, especially Soul Red here. Unfortunately, Soul Red, I'm not going to be joining you on this mission, but... I do think that with you on their side, we shan't have any problems. We shan't. shan't. <laughs> you don't know how they talk That's in space, Adam. It's, it's it's one letter away from short. I know that. <laughs> it's like half a letter, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. If you just erase a little bit of that in. Slippery slope. <laughs> uh, Captain, what will, what will you be doing then? I'll be staying back. I have to make a few arrangements here. There's been a quite a few distress calls lately, and since the Lord's Alliance has been, well, forming so many alliances across the galaxy, a lot of people call for our aid. And if we're going to keep those alliances nice and tight, we need to come to their aid when they call. That's why we're sending all of you. We've got a distress beacon from Chandros. It's a mainly aquatic planet, about seven days travel from here. I'm not certain on the situation, but some of the Aarakocra there that we are forming an alliance with have called for your aid. Apparently there's been some sort of attack on their capital. All of the technology that we've been lending to them, trying to get them up to par with our 
space travel techniques has been destroyed and some of it's been stolen. And apparently, the creature that they deified, some sort of rock creature, it's a, uh, it's a, like a giant bird that's larger than a dragon. Well, they worship this thing and somehow it has been killed. And, well, I figured you're the right people to send. With all of you and your scientific expertise, you can get to the end of this. And with Soul Red's prowess in battle, I have not a doubt in my mind that you'll all be fine. Did soldiers scout this one yet? Oh, yes. We've been dealing with Chandros for a couple years now. In fact, uh, over the last five years or so, we've been helping them try to develop their technology to a point somewhat comparable to ours. As of this point, they're not yet capable of space travel, but they're very aware of our existence here. It is very much a Type B planet, soon to be Type A, with your help. Hmm. Why would Aarakocra live on a water planet? I don't know. That is just the creatures that inhabit it. Of course, there are other beings there, some Kuatoa, lizard folk, and some marine life that covers the majority of the planet, but... The Aarakocra seem to be, well, the ones most interested in forming an alliance with us. And I'm not willing to let that alliance go to shame. I was just thinking, if you put an Aarakocra in a, in a spacesuit, that's half the space travel right there. You just fly around in his own dang self. That wasn't Dr. Shepard speaking. That was just Adam speaking from the top of his head. <laughs> I don't know if that's how physics oh works. <laughs> or space. You just keep, they can't just keep keep flying and then just not stop. Get burned up in the atmosphere. <laughs> well, that's why they were in the spacesuit. But we went ahead and restocked your ship. The Eclipse is ready to go. We've reinstalled your ammunition, and we've made sure that you have plenty of beans on board for old Soul Red here. And coffee beans, right? He looks down at his... He also has one of those wrist screens now. Um... Um... Yep, coffee. Good. You didn't fill the eclipse with lima beans, did you? Of course not. Just enough for Soul Red to survive. 38 cans. <laughs> Captain, do you think that's going to be enough? Yeah, I was going to say, it's actually <laughs> not that many. I'm cool with that. <laughs> Any more personal requests before you begin this mission? I trust you're all well-rested and ready to go? Yeah. Uh, Captain, is there uh, uh, some extra salmon paste on board, too? I nudge Soul Red, and I, sh- I show her that I have, like, several tubes stashed in my boot. And I'm like, I don't trust anybody with my baby's well-being. We have to take care of her ourselves. Oh, okay. I mean, never mind. Never mind. We're good. We're good. Info nudges Soul Red and points down to a little pouch on his side that also has salmon paste in. And he's like, who do you think cleaned <laughs> the toilet? Everyone's packing. Everyone has it stashed in multiple points on their body. <laughs> I feel like Soul Red brought some too, but she just wanted to make sure there was enough. <laughs> what does the lizard eat? What does Howard eat? Uh, he actually likes the salmon paste too. Oh, shit. We're going to have so much But he salmon eats way paste. less. Uh, I can imagine. Rodney makes tiny cups of coffee for apricot and the lizard that have a little bit of the salmon paste flavoring. A little ferret with a coffee cup. Gonna get them all fucking hopped <laughs> up. and Salmon shot. <laughs> when you get the Chandros, keep in mind, keeping our alliance with the Aarakocra strong is our main priority. That and, of course, your survival. Okay, so to clarify, we don't give a damn about any other living creature on this planet except the... Acrococa, are those guys with the A. Acrococa. Acrococa. You got it. As far as I know, the cultural balance on Chandros is very delicate. 
I would just focus on the Aarakocca for now. They seem to have it all figured out. I've never been there. Tell me what it's like. And then uh, Captain Berg's going to turn and start walking away unless someone... <laughs> Everyone just fucking turns on their heels and bails on us. Info looks over at Dr. Shepard and says, I swear to the gods, the next time that man does that, I'm going to have Rodney throw a cup of coffee at his head. It's not even just him. It's everybody in the Alliance. I know, it's just rude. And I'm an asshole, and even I think it's rude. It's efficient. If we're done talking, they can go. <laughs> Sora has, like, been born and bred in the military. <laughs> Sora just turns and walks away. Yeah. <laughs> After saying that. All right, so you walk into the shuttle bay, and there is the eclipse. The boarding platform is already lowered, and... As soon as Soul Red, followed by the rest of you, walk on board, you will hear the cherubic voice of Gary. Welcome back, Dr. Shepard, my favorite. Oh, thanks, Gary. I like to picture that, like, any time that Dr. Shepard's going to be boarding from now on, he does that Top Gun thing where he, like, hits the top of the uh, the loading what the loading bay thing, you know, t- just taps the top of it when he walks on. Just give Gary a little slap and tickle. Yeah. We're not supposed to do that, right? Yeah, I realize that's probably like Gary's butt, isn't it? So no, that's probably why you're his favorite. <laughs> I feel like Solren's still a little weirded out by the fact that the Gary will respond to anybody. She goes, "Hello, Gary." <laughs> Solred, welcome back aboard the Gary. Thanks. I think it was a really big missed opportunity for us to not prank Soul Red and Whiskey and tell me I had to like talk into the toilets or something whenever you want to talk to Gary. Or there's just an arm sticking out of the wall you have to talk into. Soul Red would be used to that. I just imagine like Rodney trotting by Soul Red and like going blip bloop and then like, Gary responds to him too and she's just like, what the fuck? Everyone? No, she knows that you don't have to talk into a communicator like right next to your face. What's up, Rodney? Rodney, welcome back. Friend, beep, boop, beep, boop. My mother's doing great. How is yours? (laughs) Um, As all of you are now aboard, the boarding platform will slowly rise, and um, you will hear the engine kick to life. Okay, Gary, we're going to Chandros. Chandros is about eight days travel from here. It's the water one, right, Gary? Chandros is 90% salt ocean. There's Aarakocra, right, Gary? Accessing database. Aarakocra. Kuatoa. Uh, it's, Gary, you can stop. You don't have to say everything on the island. Um, yes. It's bl- blast off, as I always say, Gary. Arming torpedoes. <laughs> <laughs> no... No. Ha ha, I got you, Dr. Shepard. This thing has torpedoes? Mmm, big <laughs> torpedoes. Oh, great. And the claw. Ooh, the claw. <laughs> <laughs> Gary has received comedy firmware update. It's it's working for you, Gary. Badoosh. <laughs> ha ha, oh, ha ha. The eight days of travel is just laugh tracks the whole can time. Go. <laughs> 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 you walk on the ship, it's like, doo 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 just plays like Seinfeld and shit. <laughs> but do you want Gary to go ahead and uh, take off? I think so. I think we're ready, right? Yeah. All right. Gary will begin to lift off and slowly move out of the open hangar of this uh, shuttle bay. And as it starts to exit the perimeter of the 
uh, Lord's Armada docking station. It'll slowly increase its speed until it is, you know, like a couple miles out, and then it'll just start to rapidly uh, increase speed, going faster and faster and faster. And I would say it's probably almost a whole minute before uh, you all feel a sense of equilibrium where you don't notice, like, how ridiculously fast you were all going. And you have set a course straight for Chandros. While on board, everything seems the way that it was before. Um, the only difference is, you know, it's been cleaned. Uh, everything's been repaired. It's been restocked. But for the most part, the eclipse is basically the way you all remember it. During this time, do you uh, all want to do anything? Or are you simply just trying to make it to your destination and not kill each other <laughs> in a week of travel? I know I want to check the kitchen and see if they've really only loaded 38 cans of lima beans or if that was another lie from Captain Burke oh lima beans (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy also had his joke firmware updated (laughs) the downgrade maybe (laughs) you walk in there and there are 38 cans exactly they all say soul red on them okay I just wanted to make sure I'm not going to go in the kitchen and there's just like a thousand cans of lima beans and okay they say acme acme brand lima beans and then they say soul red in like sharpie what are they gonna explode when she opens them no i don't soul red you recognize that handwriting anywhere that's captain burke's handwriting he he wrote all the ones on the other cans because he was the one that insisted that you have to all divvy them up because you're eating too many of them yeah i feel like he labeled these ones it's just a force of habit at this point or maybe they're the same ones that were left on the other ship who knows yeah maybe I feel like uh, Dr. Shepard is, like, investigating the kitchen, and Solra just kind of, like, walks in, just reaches into the cabinet, grabs the can down, you know, and just, like, starts, like, eating them, like, right out of the can. <laughs> and then, like, while he's standing, or they're standing there, uh, and, uh... <laughs> that. I'll get out of here. Solra, as you take a bite, roll a con save. Wait, oh. What? That's 13. I have plus six to my con. Oh, shit. That's handy. They taste a little weird, and you look at the expiration date, and you're like, oh, these are definitely the same cans from the other ship, because they're old as fuck. I was going to say, if it's if it's poisoned, I have advantage against poison. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> to a normal person, they might have been worse. You're just like, eh, eh, I like lima beans. Funky. Dwarves can't get botulism. <laughs> that is... That's disgusting. As Dr. Shepard pulls out a brain tube and walks away <laughs> eating it. I feel like Solra kind of like looks at the can, you know, like the, the meme where the, I forget what the girl tried, but she's like, well, uh. And oh, like the Solra, kombucha girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just kind of like, eh. <laughs> Eat. Just leave the kitchen with it. So what does this week look like? How do you all pass the time while you're uh, flying you know, literally across the solar system. I feel like there's at least one day where Soul Red lets Apricot like lead the way around the ship to all the places oh. that Apricot likes to go, and then <laughs> Soul Red just follows her around the ship for a little while. I think uh, Whiskey's gonna have a, a chat with Gary now that she knows that Gary will just tell her stuff that he knows. Oh God, yes, please, let's listen. <laughs> Gary, tell me tell me about this ship. What was it built? Gary, accessing records. This ship was built 18 years ago. Oh. 
Is that old for a ship or is it pretty new? It is the oldest I've ever been. <laughs> well, that makes a, a right lot of sense. I like walk in. I'll just stick my head in. Sometimes Gary is not super helpful. You've got it worded very correctly. And I'll just leave. Right. Uh, Gary, what are your weapon systems on this ship? Currently installed on the Gary is the Zapper, the Claw, the Sonic Hammer, and level three helm shields. Has it been enhanced to be better? Like it zaps harder? Or it zaps farther? Or I don't know. What else does a zapper zap? The Gary is equipped with the most up-to-date zapper available. I stick my head back in. It's a pretty good zapper. Well, all right. And that claw, that claw sounds fancy. Does it just grab stuff? The claw is traditionally used for grabbing artifacts in the space. What's your favorite artifact you've ever grabbed with that claw? One time, the Gary grabbed an asteroid filled with gold. I like gold. Do you like gold? I do like gold. Why do you like gold? Gold is shiny. It is also what my memory core consists of. Oh, so that makes sense. That makes sense. How else can Gary be of assistance to you? Well, Gary, if I wanted to be helpful in a battle, where would you recommend I fit? I'm short, you know. (laughs) In the event of space combat, whiskey would be most beneficial upon the sonic hammer. And is that like smash stuff? Is that what a sonic hammer does? The sonic hammer launches a force blast capable of deteriorating even the most of advanced foes. So it, it smashes stuff. All right, cool. Do you have more questions for the Gary? I'm sure I do, but I feel like I've taken up a lot of your time right now. Um, I'm going to head back to the kitchen and see how uh, Soul Red's making out with those lima beans. See if I can't find something for myself, because I'm not a big fan of lima beans. Get something for Howard. Oh, one more question for you, Gary. Do you have any little nooks and crannies where I might lose my lizard friend? Gary has many nooks and crannies for losing lizard friends. Well, shit. Okay. I'll uh, I'll try to keep a, a good good eye out on him. You have a nice day now, Gary. Day is an illusion caused by the rotation of the sun. Okay, but according to my timepiece, it feels like day, so have a have a good illusion of time. <laughs> Just keep <going. laughs> Is there Every room on the ship, no matter where you are, is there like a speaker where you can hear Gary and Gary can hear you? Or is like, like if somebody was in the crew quarters right there while Whiskey was having that conversation, is Gary's voice only going to the room that Whiskey's in or the whole ship? How's that work? I hope everyone heard Gary. <laughs> so it, it only goes to the room, but it's loud enough to where like, and I mean, if you're in the engine room, you might not hear it because it's just so loud in there. And if you were in the secondary bay where a lot of the experiments go on that's connected to the zapper, it's possible you wouldn't hear it in there either because there's a separate airlock. But basically anywhere else on the ship, you could pretty much hear the Gary. Yeah, it's going to be real awkward if Solrid has to go to the bathroom after all those beans and has a conversation with Gary. Yeah, it's like, hey, Gary, where's the can at? <laughs> I do feel like you know where things are located on the ship, but you don't have to ask Gary where the bathroom is. They both said that they were, yeah, checking the the blueprints and shit on their way home. Is there anything else anyone else 
uh, would want to do during this time. I think Ava would want to pull Soul Red aside at some point and be like, look, Apricot clearly trusts you and she is a superb judge of character. She doesn't fuck with losers, so you must have extremely high vibrational energies. And I respect that, but how do you square the fact that the Lord's Alliance just set us up for failure on that last mission and still have loyalty to Captain Burke and the rest of them? Well, uh, I've been a part of Captain Burke's crew for some time. Uh, he hasn't steered me wrong thus far. I, although I admit that was a little strange, but I, I think he might be right. I think there's some other folks back at base that we can't trust. And I think those folks set us up. And I think that, I think that Captain Burke's got the right idea. We don't want to tell too many people what happened. Or I think there's some folks on the inside that aren't good. Well, as long as you trust that Captain Burke is on our side and he's not one of them, then I believe you. Yeah, you could probably assume that if you are all being lied to, Captain Burke is being lied to as well. That he was also sent on this mission to go investigate because there was already people that were suspicious of the Gith Yankee, and then they captured them, and then when they encountered you, they captured you all as well. Yeah, I think Ava just doesn't like him. So. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense to Megan. I think Ava just hates the dude. But... And while they're talking, you hear info out in the hall. Damn it, Shepard! Why? Every time! Tell <laughs> <laughs> walk away real fast. And I think, I think Solred, like, has, like, the awareness to, like, get why Ava might not like Captain Burke, but Silver's just been so, like, born and bred in, like, military and, like, soldier kind of stuff that, like, that kind of behavior feels almost normal to her, um, because she's used to, like, people not always saying everything about a mission and just kind of having to trust people a little bit more. Next time we see him, I'm going to have Shepard mind probe him. Just like he did to Dr. Shepard. Yeah, then, then Shepard's going to be his favorite. I'll just levitate him, not let him down until he tells us all of his secrets. Yeah, I guess uh, Whiskey should probably pull Soul Red aside at some point. Alright, so tell me about this Harper thing. What's the deal with this? How much does Soul Red know about what what's going on with the Harpers? Well, you're part of the Harpers as well. So basically... So basically, there's the Lord's Armada, and then there's the Harpers, and the Harpers, they're like this underground community that most people recognize as good, and they usually try to investigate corruption and fix it. And so a lot of people will be part of other organizations, but then part of the Harpers is like a secret order. And Captain Burke, as well as the person that briefed both of you, are part of the Harpers, and they're the ones that sense there might be some sort of something weird going on in the command ranks of the Lord's Armada, especially um, in relation to the Star Elves and the Gith Yankees. There's just something weird going on. So you were all sent on a secret mission to go investigate and basically spy on these Gith Yankees to see what they're doing um, because you did hear that they're, like, doing some weird things on these, on the, like, Amaron and on these planets where they're not supposed to be anymore. You were all sent to investigate because something fishy was going on, and then you all got caught, and it's it's like not everyone in the Lord's Armada knows about that. That was like a secret mission commissioned by the Harpers, more or less, but by using the power of the Lord's Armada, since Captain Burke is such a high-ranking officer. All right. Well, uh, say Whiskey, you like to, you know, sneak around a little bit, right? Yeah, why not? Uh, I'm small, I fit places. 
that's kind of like what the Harpers do. They kind of, they kind of go into other organizations and use them as a means for getting information that they wouldn't necessarily have access to. So that last right. mission that Captain Burke and Erky Timbers and I were on, we, it was technically really a Harper's mission. Oh, okay. And so we used the Lord's Armada to get access to that info. Right. Now, as a Harper, do I get to blow shit up? Well, yeah. Cool. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna like them. And like, Solar looks at you like, duh. <laughs> All right. Cool. And who do I answer to? Do I answer to you because you've been in here longer? <laughs> I, I think Solar kind of like looks around. She's, well, you know, I'm not sure. I've, <laughs> I've always done the reporting, not being reported to. Okay. This really isn't my ship, so... Alright. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm good with, like, research and shit and taking notes. Do I need to, like, use a special notebook for this and have, like, my Harper's notebook? <laughs> Sorry, thinks on it for a second. That ain't a bad idea. <laughs> well, alright. I, I mean, while well, we were down in Waterdeep, I did some shopping. I got some extra notebooks, because, you know, you can never have too many notebooks. So, uh, I'm gonna make one of them my Harper's notebook. I'm not gonna call it a Harper's notebook, because, you know, trying to be secret and all. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think, like, at this point, Sora kind of, like, pats her own self down, and she's like, no, but that would have been a damn good idea. (laughs) I got plenty. You want one? I'll give you one. She doesn't look like the writing (laughs) sort. She she pulls one out. It's a little one. But here you go. Oh, hey, thanks. All right. You find yourself in the midst of an endless frozen field. This would be difficult terrain for all but the most elite warriors, but you're no stranger to this punishing climate. You stand alone with nothing but your trusted silver blades and your most resplendent custom-made armor. This is it, the final encounter in a quest for gold that's brought you all over the world. You've been training your whole life for this, and you're ready. If this sounds exciting, have we got great news for you about competitive figure skating. Join us at the Ice Tea Podcast, the podcast where we spill the tea on figure skating. Whether you're a diehard fan or you just saw Yuri on Ice once and you thought it looked kind of cool, we're here to recap major events, interview your favorite skaters, break down the drama, and do the incredibly important sports journalism of rating the quality of plushies thrown out onto the ice. We may not be technical specialists, but we are comedians with a lot to say. Check us out at bit.ly slash podcast or by searching the Ice Tea Podcast wherever you get your pods. Do you like Dungeons & Dragons lore? Do you like drunk history? Well, then Lore and Pour is the show for you where we combine the two, drunk Dungeons and Dragons lore. I'm Adam DeWeese and I'm the host and I bring on a cast of rotating guests and we hang up here for the show, have a few drinks, and then they are given their topic 30 minutes prior to pressing the record button where they study up on the topic and then we hit record and whatever they say goes, they are treated as if they are the leading experts in the field. And I ask the questions that you never thought you needed to ask, such as, how do mind flayers go to the bathroom? Yeah, they just go one one time, and it's pee and poop, and it's green. What's the most dangerous creature in the astral plane? It just pinch it. You yeah. Know, it just... And that whale's like, you know they what? They got pinchers? Oh. <laughs> you do they know have about pinchers? Who would win in a fight, a tarasque or a bear? A tarasque. 
two bears. That's her ass. The Hawk. The Hulk? The Hawk from the Avengers. A Tarask. Two Hawks. Probably still the Tarask. And what is the currency like in the Nine Hills? And it didn't seem worth it to me. I was running low on uh, Satan New Relics. Finger bones. That's right, yes, finger bones. I had a jawbone, but who wants to break a jawbone for a pair of skis? I mean, really. Find the answers to all these questions and much, much more, whether they're accurate or not on Lauren Poor. You can find Lauren Poor on the Majesticus Network and wherever you download your podcast every other Monday right now. Ah, so nice of you to stop by. Come in, come in. I'm Silas Lancaster and this is my library. Within these tomes you will find tales of monsters, both figurative and literal. Tales to make the strongest of us blanch in fear. Such stories are dangerous, and consumption must be strictly rationed. As such, I shall share but one story from my library each Thursday in October each year. Be sure to tune your wireless receiver to Storytime with Silas. Alternatively, subscribe on those podcast providers the youth seem so fond of. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I do think it's worth mentioning that when they restock the ship, you all now once again have the crystal coils. Uh, you now have your magical device that you were able to select. You all have the basic uh, Lord's Armada armor and all of those things. So the things that were left, at least the things that were not one of a kind, have been replenished. If I had picked up an extra crystal coil from that gun that we threw down onto the sand... Uh... Would I still have an additional one? Yeah, if you brought it with you and you didn't leave it on the ship. Hit it, hit it in your nice. sock. Yeah, I would have had it on me. Nice. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to carry that, though, with your lance arm now. It's a regular arm until it rotates. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Everything's built in. I've fully forgotten what the suit does to, like, AC, so if that comes up, I may have to ask some. You get plus one with the combat suit, if that's what you're asking about. Oh, hell yeah, okay. So you all have been traveling through space for about a week and during this time you've had plenty of conversations time to prepare do research and you're slowly but surely approaching chandros gary will come over the intercoms chandros within 100 miles approaching momentarily and as that happens 100 miles in space around a planet is not really that much and as he says that you can it's almost like immediately you can feel the ship starting to increase in speed and to stop being so steady and stable and start that shaking again and rattling as you're being pulled into the orbit of this planet. Um, even from space, the entire planet looks blue. Even though you've been told about 8% of it is land, it's you can barely see little dots here or there that you can assume must be islands every now and then. Um, and the entire planet is basically covered in water. 
You have been given the coordinates of the Aarakocris city, uh, the city where you were told to go meet these people to respond to this beacon uh, is called Alarok Spire and it is essentially a collection of these massive stone rocks that jut out of the ocean there are probably about a dozen of them and they go hundreds and hundreds of feet into the air over this over the ocean waves and atop these massive spires are buildings and bridges and basically this entire city that is built you know, like on elevation, it is made for this race of creatures that have wings and are nor- are used to flying around and perching on things. And so there would be like a couple buildings on one level, and then another one might be another forty or you know fifty yards up higher than that on different levels of these spires. Admittedly, it is not super easy for people without wings to travel here um, from place to place, but it, it's not it's not impossible either. There are bridges connecting the different spires and ladders and things like that, but for the most part, a lot of that's only been added for some of the Lord's Armada people that have been coming and helping them out. A lot of them don't really have a need for those types of things and primarily climb um, from place to place, and this is all information you would have had upon you know doing research on your way here. As you start getting pulled faster and faster into the orbit of this planet you realize it is a lot more shaky than the time before it seems that the ocean is almost in like a constant state of like hurricane and like massive waves as there's not very much land for any of the waves to break against and it is pretty rough as you're going down it'll actually start beeping and you'll hear gary say mayday mayday unstable mayday mayday unstable emergency landing maneuver and the lights begin to flicker and the power that normally it's balanced out between all the different systems is all taken away from the shields and taken away from the weapons and put directly into the engines and landing gear as it tries to autocorrect to deal with these these winds that are like blowing your ship around like it's a piece of paper and the winds outside are like very very fast like you know 80 90 miles per hour if, if you were just walking out here um, during this time, it'd be extremely dangerous. And uh, after a very uncertain entry, it will start to level out a little bit, and you do see some sort of spire things off in the distance just jutting out of the middle of these waves. And it seems like, you know, you'll be there pretty soon when suddenly there is a large flash of light you'll hear. Mayday, mayday, mayday. Heavy damage sustained. And the lights will... All the power will go down for a second, and you feel the ship dropping. It's a big flash of light, and then the power cut off, and now you're all free-falling uh, in the ship. What would you fuck. like to do? Scream. Uh, I want to cast a spell. Okay. Uh, I'm going to cast Water Breathing. Okay. That is uh, ten willing creatures within range. Gain the ability to breathe underwater. Ten. So I got everyone. <laughs> because I know we're going down towards some water. <laughs> so yeah, just just in case. I, I'm uh, I'm gonna go ahead and cast that. Last for 24 hours. And uh, the rest of y'all keep us from crashing, but you know, in case you all fail. We're not gonna drown at least. Yeah, the power just keeps flickering and like the systems will light up and then go dead again. Lights will blink and then go dead. The even Gary himself seems to be losing power. He's like, <laughs> and he like keeps getting shut off before he can finish what he's 
it's not saying, but the sounds he's making from the speaker system. And it just seems like something, some sort of, well, I guess go ahead and make an insight check, everybody on board, since this is D&D and we roll dice sometimes. I got a 13. A 10. 13 too. That's a nat 20 for 21. Damn. I have a minus one and I rolled a one. So a zero. (laughs) (laughs) Whiskey, you notice as you're all falling that as the monitor keeps flicking on and off, you can see like an image and then it goes dead and then you see it and it looks like you see some uh, maybe three or four of these large serpentine shapes that are silhouetted in the sky. Um, you're in the middle of a storm. There's just lightning flashing and flickering, loud thunder. And these um, very, I mean, these, these shapes are about as big as the ship. These large serpentine shapes seem to have wings coming off of them near like uh, the upper area where like, I guess you could assume shoulders might be. And you manage to catch a glimpse of a light emitting from one of them. And then the ship is suddenly hit again with another blast of what you realize is electricity. And you think that you were being attacked. Well, uh, y'all, there's some um, big fly snaky things that are hitting us with electricity. I don't know what to do about them, but they're big flying snaky things that are hitting us with electricity. We gotta, we gotta do something about them. If we're like kind of doing like actions or are we doing like initiative? Well, yeah, I'm just seeing if you want to know how how you'd like to respond real quick. Like you could each do one thing before. I was going to start heading to the, like as soon as the engines go out, I was going to try to start heading to the engines to see what's happening and why they're out. Do we have proper escape pods? I also was looking at that gondola. (laughs) Yeah, the gondola is the only detachable portion of the ship. Info's gonna, like, uh, pick up Rodney and (laughs) go to the airlocks and just shout, If we need to abandon ship, get around me real quick. Ewa's first response would honestly be to try and do some sort of, like, very dexterous, like, acrobatic maneuver to try and counteract the fact that I'm assuming this ship is just spinning out of control um, and brace for impact in such a way that would be the least damaging. Alright. What's Slow Red doing? Uh, I think after having like read, looked over like the manual and such, would she have an idea of like maybe where like the best place would be to go like to try and like repair something? Yeah, it seems like whatever this electrical arc has essentially is making the systems go haywire. It is overloading the engine. And so if you could stabilize the flow of power, it might stabilize the ship. Okay, so she's probably undoubtedly in the kitchen eating beans. So like the minute we get hit, the can just hits the floor and she runs uh, to go and see if she can try and stabilize that power. Now they're flyma beans. God damn it. God damn. That was a downgrade. I only have lima bean-based humor, unfortunately. That's okay. Solred's all right with that. So Solred and Shepard are in the engine room, and sure enough, you see that like the the engines are rotating and then they stop, and then they rotating and they stop, and then all these lights are blinking like red. All of the warning indicators are suggesting that it is being overloaded uh, with power. And it's really only been a few seconds since you were hit by the first strike and then the second one. Go ahead and make an engineering check to see if you're able to manually 
redirect all the power to the engines. We're we can we can super boost this. That's a nat twenty for twenty three. Okay, okay. So explain to me just what is it like? How do you do this with a natural twenty? You successfully reroute the power. I feel like something just like comes over Soul Red, and she goes into like this like um like the only thing I can think of is like. Like, when, like, paramedics just, like, go into, like, go zone, and it's, like, they, like, all the world around them has, like, disappeared, and they are just, like, helping the person. Like, that's the engine. She just, like, everything else, like, just disappears around her, and she, like, tunnel visions, like, the thing here, and just, like, her hands are, like, okay, this to here, and this to here, and she's just, like, you know, moving components around and trying to, like, resolve the issue as fast as she can. What's really important is, is... Apricot with you holding Grinches again? <laughs> or is Apricot still with Ava? <laughs> I think that'd be up to Ava. Would you have had Apricot if, if the ship was about to go down? I think I would have like made sure she was with me and that we were like bracing for impact in the most like flexible, cool, mission impossible way. And you just hear like info making a whistling sound and you smell salmon paste. He's like eating <laughs> a salmon paste thing from the airlock. Like, come on, buddy, we gotta go. <laughs> I forgot the safety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Howard's like, all right, here we go. Howard just climbs into Rodney's coffee pot. <laughs> all right, so suddenly the power is restored. There's a jolt of energy and then the it's almost as if the ship has its brakes slammed on. Suddenly, the falling stops, and you are now floating in the air. You can feel it still rattling from the heavy winds and everything, but it seems like, for the most part, you certainly have restored the engines enough to stop it from just free-falling out of the sky. The monitors come back to life, and on the crystal displays, you see in the air are, in fact, the three serpentine creatures that Whiskey described, and... Who would be looking at the monitors? Do you think it'd be Soul Red right now? Since you were I think like, she'd want to check to make sure that like what she did worked. And I feel like as soon as like the ship starts to like stabilize, she kinda like heaves out like a sigh and like kind of like uh, brushes her hands through her beard and like <sighs> and then like as she's putting her hands through her beard, she like finds a bean that fell in there and she like pulls it out and eats it and she goes, Still good. <laughs> Yeah, she listens to monitors. <laughs> That's why Soul Red grows out the beard. Yeah. Leave no bean behind. Can't waste any beans. <laughs> Gotta eat your beans. When you look on the monitor, uh, you see that outside in the sky are three extremely large lightning drakes. They seem to be flying in the storm with not nearly as much issue as you are having, and they seem to be surrounding the Eclipse, specifically. Uh, Shep, I think we got a problem. You will see one of them power up another blast within its mouth and another arc of lightning erupts and hits the side of the ship and that is where we'll end this episode of Eclipse. This is Jeremy, your DM. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Eclipse. 
I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did when we recorded it. The plot is really starting to take off now, so I'm super excited to get deeper into this story. The next episode of Eclipse will release in two weeks, so make sure that you're subscribed to Eclipse so you never miss an episode. And if you've enjoyed Eclipse, please tell your friends about us. Go wherever you like to get your podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. We have gotten a lot of downloads and a lot of positive feedback, so I really, really appreciate all the support. You can keep up to date with all the Eclipse content by following us on Twitter. That is at EclipsePod. We are super active on there. You can also go to TheEclipsePod.com where you can learn about the show and the crew and all the awesome voice actors that are playing the characters for Eclipse. Eclipse is part of the Majestic Goose Podcast Network. So you will want to check that out as well. We're home to over a dozen podcasts and streams. We have everything from actual plays to talk shows. We even do a live nerdy craft stream every week. So we really do it all here on the Majestic Goose Network. We release new content six days a week with shows like Doom Clock, One Shot Onslaught, Halfway to Hero, Dice Talk, Roll for Weird, and many, many more. So go to MajesticGoose.com and check out all that awesome stuff on there. You can check out our weekly streaming schedule and just come say hi to us. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time on Eclipse.